The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, everybody. As we are broadcasting, it's the day after Thanksgiving. So wherever you are, we hope that you had a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving celebration and a great start to the holiday season for 2022. Our producer is Nathan Miller. He's at the board. He makes sure that we stay in our lane. And today we are naturally. This time of year, it's a joy to bring back a listener favorite, Erica Nelson. Erica Nelson, when she is not gracing the American landscape with her popular art projects, curates the world's largest collection of the world's smallest versions of the world's largest things. We coined a term for today's show, Roadside Yuletide. It was coined to describe public monuments erected for when tis the season, and indeed it is. These various places can be found around the country. It's amazing how many of them there are. We can't fit them all into one episode, but we'll give you some of the best, courtesy of Erica. She will share about them. And in the meantime, we hope you'll just relax for a minute, let us move the economy forward, and then we'll get down to the interview. This is American Road Trip Talk, and we'll be back right after this. Avoid the crush at the big-name stores this season and instead give your friends and loved ones the gift of authenticity from our locally-owned stores and boutiques in Oregon's Mount Hood Territory. From the fashionista to the artist and the outdoor adventurer to the voracious reader, our communities will have everything you need to finish that shopping list, all tax-free, of course. Visit mounthoodterritory.com shopping to find your opportunities and support local. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days. And I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops. Drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in America, and Alert Drops will stop it. Kids studying in college, drinking too much caffeine, overloading on these energy drinks, they end up in the hospital. Alert Drops will stop it. What is Alert Drops? Alert Drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon, and water, co-created with my uncle, Dr. Henry Heimlich, creator of the Heimlich Maneuver, who said, Anson, alert drives will save more lives than the maneuver. Whether you are driving, whether you are studying, whether you're just a tired mom, whenever you need to be alert, get alert drops. A simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. It's scientifically proven. It's doctor approved. Again, it's natural. It's been honored by the United States Congress. Go to alertjobs.com. Very important. Go to alertjobs.com and stay safe. Adventure, history, and beauty all await you on the Natchez Parkway, a national scenic byway and national park. This 444-mile drive takes you through some of the country's most stunning landscapes, while also allowing you access to exciting communities along the way. From Natchez, Mississippi to Nashville, Tennessee, we invite you to explore the trace and discover America. Plan your trip at scenictrace.com. That's scenictrace.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 1150KKNW. Welcome back to American Road Trip Talk and another visit with Erica Nelson. She is a listener favorite, a favorite of mine as well. Erica Nelson, welcome to the show. Always great to have you with us. Always fun to be here, Gary, and happy day after Turkey Day. (laughs) When we're all feeling a bit full, I'm sure. 
and it's the start you know it's it's more or less even with thanksgiving day itself it's the kickoff for the holiday season and i got thinking a couple of weeks ago that i just needed to get erica back on to talk about the many places whether connected specifically to yuletide and we've got those to discuss today or places that are great to see anytime including at the holidays and diligent researcher that you are you have come up with some beauty so thank you for joining us and we'll get started now and we'll pack in as much as we can stuffing it as it were pardon the pun yesterday thanksgiving day as we broadcast and i found out directly from you this is something i'd never even heard about before in frazee minnesota they have bragging rights to the world's largest turkey. I would love to hear that story. I'm sure our listeners would as well. Well, and I'm glad we're kicking off with that one too, because as with any Thanksgiving holiday, things don't always go as planned whenever it's time to um, toast the bird. Uh, and that was the story with Frazee, Minnesota. Uh, they claim to be the turkey capital of the U.S. and in honor of that they erected a world's largest turkey and a local artist built one out of wood and uh, insulation and fiberglass basically whatever he had around with a nice fiberglass coating uh, and that was erected in 1988 and then about 10 years later for the annual turkey festival in July the local city workers noticed that one of the bolts at the base of this beautiful fiberglass turkey were a little sharp, so they were just gonna quickly cut that off so nobody would be injured. But their blowtorches got just a little too close to this big monument, and the world's largest turkey went up in flames in less than seven minutes, burning oh. it into this melted hulk. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, because they were the turkey capital and everybody was waiting for turkey days and uh, pretty upset, the folks down at the Chamber of Commerce rushed to make a promise. And that promise came in the form of a giant uh, paper mache egg that they laid in the ashes of the world's largest turkey as a promise that they would bring back uh, the, bring back a new turkey, bigger and even better. And in just a couple of months, they did have a new fiberglass turkey to sit atop their hill and reclaim their their title as a world's largest uh, turkey holder. Let me ask you a fairly impertinent question, and I'm asking it out of my own ignorance. I'd like to get educated here today. What was the big deal about turkeys in Frazee, Minnesota? I mean, do they have a bunch of turkey farms around there and a lot of turkey farmers? They were a big turkey manufacturing area and they kind of shared the um, title with a Texas town that also produced a lot of turkey. So they would sort of share the title. But as with any place that is well known for manufacturing something, if you state that you are the capital of it and put up a big thing, it's harder for people to argue with that uh, with that point. So they embraced their turkey industry early and uh, continue to celebrate it till today. I understand that the people of the town, some of them anyway, protested that the original Big Tom turkey sculpture didn't look all that much like a turkey. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but there was some controversy around that, according to the lore. Well, and that does happen sometimes with the monuments that are made by individuals who are town boosters, but maybe don't have artistic training. 
Um, I still think it was a very nice monument. It was white. It was uh, turkey-shaped. And not all turkeys are born beautiful. So um, I think it was still a really great monument. Um, but it does kind of make you wonder if maybe that slip of the torch wasn't quite accidental. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. I, <laughs> oh, we're spawning controversy here today. You never know. Uh, because everything did turn out well in the end, and it makes for a really great story. And the best part is that there is a, a tourist passing by right at the moment of immolation. So there is a shot from uh, pre-cell phone days and pre-digital camera days of the world's largest turkey accidentally on fire the day before the turkey festival. A turkey well done, if not <laughs> timely. That's incredible. Let me ask you, Erica, because you are a very accomplished artist. If you were selecting materials, let's say they give the commission to you, Erica Nelson, you want to see a turkey? She's going to build us a turkey. If you And this one's just about, the new one they have is about 21, 22 feet tall. We're talking about some serious turkey sculpture here. Mm -hmm. But when, if it were your assignment, to make this happen, to make this wonderful creation for the folks there in Frazee, Minnesota, which materials would you choose? Do you look at that, you know, the, the story of it in both of those turkeys and figure, well, if I were doing it, I would use this or that? Well, I think the materials were appropriate. I think the accidental nature of getting fire too close to fiberglass, I mean, boats burn down all the time. Um so I don't think the error was in the material itself. I think it was in the uh, just it accidents happen and there is too much of a flame too close to a flammable structure. Uh, but in theory, uh, well, big techs at the Texas State Fair, one of its motors one year that powers its waving hand caught fire right before the state fair and big techs went up in flames. So it does happen, and I do think it was appropriate materials, just a very sad and very dramatic end to a very well-intentioned maintenance issue. That's very well put, very diplomatic. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on from Minnesota. Let's go down to, and I'm going to make sure that, that I don't screw this up. I've got Erica here to correct me. Chickasaw, Oklahoma. Did I get that right? Yeah, and Chickasaw has one of the um, most recent world's largest things. So this is brand spanking new, right out of the box. It's a Christmas present to the whole town. And it's one of the most iconic ones that I've seen in a long time. I've, I've yet to see it in person because it just got put up in on October. Um, but they have erected the world's largest leg lamp. And I'm sure, Gary, you know what the reference is. Oh, my goodness. Are we talking about the soft glow of electric sex? Yes, we are. <laughs> From a Christmas story. Yes. <laughs> yes. It, I don't know if the big lamp also arrived in a crate marked Fragile. Must be <laughs> yeah. From Italy. Those uh, guys never got tipped, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it, that's a, it's a Christmas favorite. It's a favorite movie from the mid or early 1980s. Um, everybody has either seen it or knows the references to You'll Put Your Eye Out, 
or that big, beautiful consolation prize, the illuminated leg lamp. Um, and Chickasaw, Oklahoma has a very loose tie to inspiring that object. Uh, they said whenever the people filming the movie were doing some site visits and talking about the script, they happened to be in someone's office who had made one just sort of as a joke. And that's where the movie icon came from. And that's sort of a spurious uh, claim to fame, but sometimes that's enough for a town to go, hey, we've got a tie, we can make a thing. And so they made an inflatable one first and used an inflatable one to sort of test market it. But this year in October, the world's largest leg lamp did arrive in Chickasaw, Oklahoma, 51 feet tall, also made out of fiberglass, but also with, um, I, I saw the video of the lampshade getting lifted up and put onto the leg itself. And the fringe does the fringe thing and dangles. So it does have some textiles with it, but it is a work of kitschy, kitschy beauty. That would definitely be worth the trip. I would, and people come from all around from what I understand many states away because they just want to be there and take their own photos, including with themselves in it, you know, maybe the ultimate selfie for some folks. Two things I want to say. First is that now I've got some years on you, Erica, spring chicken that you are, but I actually went and saw that movie when it was in first run in the theater. And I'm telling you without exaggeration that there were moments where the audience was just rollicking with laughter. You can only see a Christmas story the first time once and it leaves an indelible mark. And yeah. so, and that lamp was a big part of it too. People were like, what the? <laughs> and yet it factored into the comedy. That was a great scene. Yeah, it was a great scene. It was a great set of uh, set of characters. And again, those lines get repeated over and over and over again. You can't see a Daisy air rifle without somebody saying you'll put your eye out. Yes, absolutely. I've said that myself once in a while, and everybody gets it instantly. That is for sure. The oh, other thing I want, yes, go ahead. In, in a related uh, thing, I just saw, uh, so all of my friends online know that I love World's Largest Things. So whenever they are at a place, they photograph themselves with a big thing. And somebody was just visiting the Daisy Air Rifle Museum and they have a giant Daisy Air Rifle leaning on the museum out front. I didn't catch where it was, but I saw that this morning. It was like, this is so perfect for today's conversation. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, I want to go ahead. I mean, uh, I usually don't read very much directly, but I do want to read this because I found it online. So in preparation for today, in the summer of 2018, Tim Elliott was driving cross country when on a whim, he stopped in Winslow, Arizona. He was impressed by the town's gift shops and restaurants around its standing on the corner park. Wonder how they came up with that name and wondered why his hometown of Chickasaw, Oklahoma, couldn't have something similar. And it quickly occurred to him what that something should be, a giant version of the Lady Leg Lamp, the iconic prop from the 1983 film, A Christmas Story. There, It's interesting how there was one that was built or conceived and it was kind of a joke, but then here's somebody who took it seriously and found his inspiration elsewhere with something entirely or seemingly unrelated, and yet he was inspired. Because I think that's the magic of roadside attractions. 
you know when you're at one that works, uh, even if you can't put your finger on exactly why it works. So he was responding to a feeling and he was like, if I could have this sense of wonder in my own town, um, it would be a, it would be a benefit commercially, but it would also create a memory for somebody down the road. And that's, again, why I love these big things so much, because when it's done right, you suspend your normal life for just a moment. You rekindle wonder. And especially at this time of year, that is what people are seeking. So for somebody to have that moment somewhere else and then bring it back to his own hometown and say, hey, my town needs this. What can it be? Uh, I commend the current monument makers because they're spreading joy and wonder in this creative, unique, and quirky, kitschy way that I just love. And not the least of their achievements, they made it durable. They intend for it to be permanent because the first time around, you know, Oklahoma is known for winds sweeping down the plain, and that got to be a logistical nightmare for the folks there in uh, that locality of Chickasaw, Oklahoma. Yeah, and that's uh, it, part of the um, part of making something permanent is hiring some people who know about engineering. So they hired a tank company. Uh, that that is skilled in large scale construction. So Midwest cooling towers were the people who actually manufactured it. And like some of the other world's largest things, the people who make cooling towers, water towers, long, tall things that stick up in the air, those are the engineers that you need on your side. And especially when they get to help on a civic project that is out of the norm and taps into their creative juices too, it ends up being a match that changes people's lives in a in a fun, silly way. But also, uh, can you imagine being an industrial manufacturer and saying, hey, what's in your shop floor today? Well, I'm building the world's largest leg lamp. It's it's just a fun way to to add mirth and mystery and mayhem into ordinary, average, everyday lives. Here, here, that is an inspired notion. You know what I've been thinking, Erica? What the world really needs is a giant squirrel. Where might I find one of those? I don't mean a real one, but you know, in tribute to squirrels everywhere, where can I go and find one of those? Well, while it's a nutty question, I know why you asked. And the reason I had that on the list for today is that it is at the site of Birdall Pecan Pie and Candy Factory. So all of our holiday tables usually come with really good desserts. And Birdall made it on the map with uh, the world's largest squirrel called Miss Pearl, named in a competition to name their giant mascot. But Berdahl put themselves on the map earlier with having one of the very first pecan pie vending machines. Uh, and this is one that you can find in Cedar Creek, Texas. And they said, especially this time of, of year, um, the, they, you really can get a full-size pecan pie out of the vending machine. And it saves you having to go in. You can just stop by on your way home. It's open 24-7. And this time of year, they say that it is so in demand that they end up restocking at midnight every night because everybody is stopping by to say hello to the world's largest squirrel and grab a pie out of their pecan pie vending machine. I should mention that on their website, they invite people to 
forward their photos. If you want to share it, send it to them. It may show up in their photo gallery. Well, and as far as marketing goes, it's just such a great one. And there, you can't beat Texas pecans. And you certainly can't beat a Texas pecan pie. And to have all of that combined into the novelty of just getting one on demand, like you'd get a Coke or a Pepsi outside of a convenience store, uh, to me is just really fun outside of the box thinking. And the vending machine came first. Pearl came later to sort of add to that wonder of a roadside attraction and give people an excuse to post those images onto the onto the Burdall Candy website. Oh, that is some great marketing, no doubt about it. In terms of location, now Texas is a mighty big place. I understand that Ms. Pearl, the giant squirrel, can be seen between Bastrop, Texas, and Austin. So if it's not that far from Austin, there's or plenty of people who going to the Austin area can make a side trip. Yeah, and near is a relative term because in Texas, Texas especially. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. So that was when I first ran into it was uh, I had an event in Houston. It was an art car parade. So a lot of fun, interesting folks celebrating in, a, in an unusual way. And I took a side trip to Austin to pick up a slag glass from a Coca-Cola bottling place. And on the way through, I looked over and there was a giant squirrel. So I stopped and added another circle to my map of things to research more and that's sort of how I found out about not just the squirrel, but the, the pie vending machine. Outstanding. I want to move on to Indiana. We have time for one more. We can't forget Santa. There is a Santa Claus, Indiana. I didn't know that. Well, and this one is, you were talking about the inspiration behind roadside attractions. This is one of the oldest towns named Santa Claus. So the in 1850, they named the town Santa Claus. So that is some really early thinking about what would really spark with the American people. And the very first statue of Santa Claus was erected in Santa Claus, Indiana in 1935. And Santa Claus, Indiana is also the only place where you can get a genuine Santa Claus postmark from the post office. So they recognized it early and went whole hog into the celebrating the joy of Christmas. The, all of these ideas are wonderful and they are inspirations. It's, it's just a fabulous thing to be able to do this any time of year, but when it's seasonal, it allows you to plan accordingly because these are the things you simply don't want to miss. Santa Claus, Indiana. I would have figured Santa Claus, Alaska, maybe. You know, with a nod to the Yukon or something, but Indiana, that's pretty clever. Well, and it's a little more accessible to uh, most of the driving public. Erica, this has been just a fast blast. There's so much to explore whenever we bring you on air. Stick with us because we're going to do one more break and then I wanted to suggest an idea to you, okay? Certainly. Outstanding. Stay with us, folks. We will be right back. You've probably heard of Fargo, North Dakota, but we'll bet it's different from what you expected. Add Fargo to your bucket list this fall and find bold autumn colors along the Red River of the North, cow print, and Mario Brothers-themed murals 
the world's largest dilly bar, and of course, the nicest people you've ever met. Experience North, that is, North of Normal. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure. Aiken, South Carolina is a small southern town built on equestrian traditions, sporting fun, and outdoor pursuits. Located in western South Carolina, just 20 miles from the Georgia state line, Aiken has many unique activities to cater to each kind of visitor's needs. Welcome to Aiken, South Carolina, and welcome to the Sporting South. Bringing good vibes to the Puget Sound and the world. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back, and I want to thank Erica Nelson once again for joining us. Always a great time when she joins us. Erica, I did want to say that there is a topic that is important to you and to anyone who is an aficionado of culture or wants an honest rendering of history. When we have you on with us next time, I'm trying to book you right now, Erica. I would love for you to discuss the ideas behind cultural representation and indigenous Americans, the tribes, the people from so long ago, some of whom, maybe many of whom, feel like they aren't accurately represented in the popular culture, that which is most accessible to the public. And I thought that is something that is worth an entire episode to explore, because it seems to me, and it came to me just the other day, the culture we see is quite often all the culture we know about various groups of people. And sometimes there are misrepresentations that need to be corrected and updated. Do you agree? Well, that is the topic of my next uh, artistic foray, is looking at that inappropriation of culture in some of our roadside monuments, and also asking um, some Native artists to respond to that and see where we could change what we have done and uh, get representation to to a place where it more fully reflects uh, the cultures that we're depicting. Next time up, that's the subject we'll do. Very important. Thank you, Erica Nelson, once again. Always a joy. Thanks, and Gary. Always uh, happy to be here and looking for the next road trip. And happy holidays to you as well. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to American Road Trip Talk, along with Thomas and Becky Rep, co-founders of American Road Magazine. We remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue. Until next time, dream well and drive safely on the American Road. Music